you so much for your warm welcome, and it's always an honor. And as Pastor Paul said, it's it's always great to be in the house of the Lord, and it's always good to be in the presence of fellow believers. And um, I think it's it might be my third time here, um, and I I do feel at home. Uh, I do feel like. Rather than I'm coming to speak as a guest speaker, I feel like I'm coming here to speak to my brothers and sisters. And I do believe that God has a word for us. And especially I want to welcome the people who are joining online. Uh, Wherever you are, that's where the presence of God is. And I understand that there are a lot of people who are at home, who are in their own places, worshiping God. And I pray, I pray, because I've seen this happen a lot of the times, as I work, as a, I serve as an online pastor at my church, that God can give you very specific word that you've been looking for. So help, help us by being expectant of what God can do, what God will speak to us today. I realize from many years of speaking, and a lot of speakers will agree that it usually depends not on the preacher, but actually on the hearts of the people who are receiving the word that really makes up the time of worship in preaching. So I really pray, I just want to take just a couple seconds just to gather our hearts. I know things are, are crazy right now. I know it's busy. It's one of the busiest. Can you, can you imagine we live in a world that we are quarantined, technically quarantined, right? Locked down and we live as one of the most busiest people that a generation has ever seen. So it's a busy time, but I also want to treat this as a very sacred time where we can personally connect with God. So I want to invite you guys who are watching online to do, do, to do the same. Also, I know that there are people in Korea who are watching the service as well. So, I want to welcome you as well. 오늘 함께 예배 함께 드릴 수 있게 되어서 너무나도 큰 영광입니다. 오늘 하나님께서 여러분들에게도 귀한 말씀을 준비하셨는 거라고 믿습니다. I just want to say, what a great thing that you guys are doing. What a great ministry you are doing th- th- during this time. I just heard from Pastor Daniel that uh, the subscriber number of subscribers on YouTube channel has surpassed 7,000. That is crazy. That's awesome. Could, would you guys just give it up for that? Not just, not just for the fact that we've gone to 7,000 subscribers. It's speaking to a fact that you are talking to someone about God. That many people. You are encouraging so many people around the world. And I realize this because this works very much the same in the, in the times of New Testament. If you read Paul's, uh, Apostle Paul's letters very carefully, oftentimes he will start a letter or end a letter by saying, hey, I have heard about your faith and what you are doing in the city of Philippi or city of Corinth and Ephesus, and it is encouraging me and the people that I'm ministering to here. And I realize what you are doing right now through online ministry it's exactly that. People are talking about what you guys are doing. People are being blessed by the ministry that you are, you're serving. People are ble- being blessed by the stories that God is creating through the ministry. People are blessed and encouraged by the messages that are preached 
through this pulpit. So I, I don't take this lightly, and I hope you don't too. So keep doing what you're doing because God is writing a new story through this church. And today I want to share about what God has been impressing in my heart for many months now. Um, think since September of last year, there has been a, a message that God has been putting in my heart that is both personal and I believe that it's also generational, that it is critical to our generation, specifically this generation. And I want to start that by reading the scripture today. Let's read uh, Hosea chapter 6, verse 3. Can we read that together? Let's read it together. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Let me just read it in Korean just for our Korean chipsanim and kwansanims. Uh, it goes like this. 그러므로 우리가 여호와를 알자, 힘써 여호와를 알자. 그의 나타나심은 새벽빛같이 어김없나니 비와 같이 땅을 적시는 늦은 비와 같이 우리에게 임하시리라 하니라. Let me read it again. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. In other translations of the Bible, it says, let us know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. It's one of the one of the verses that are quoted many times, you probably have heard it. You probably have um, heard it from a message, from a sermon. You might have, uh, if you're part of Korean church, which you are, uh, we do this yearly Bible thing, right? New Year Day, um, like service, and you get to choose a bookmark with um, a scripture verse on it. And people say that's the year, the verse of the year. I, I remember getting those, and this, this was one of those Verses. It's a familiar verse for us, but I want to look at it in our very specific context that we're in. You know, one of the statements that I heard more than any other statement during COVID, during COVID, is this, and I think you've heard it too. It's that this is an unprecedented time, unprecedented time. I think we've heard it. Media says it all the time. News, sports, entertainments. You name it, right? Songs, sermons, speeches. And, but what does that mean? It means that something like this has never been, never, never happened before. Something like this has never preceded us before. It has never happened in our lifetime. Can you just capture the, the, how, how crazy that sounds? that we're going through an unprecedented time, something that we've never experienced before. But if you think about the meaning of that statement, and if you look at our history, human history, that's a totally wrong statement. We hear it all the time, and we hear it without thinking if it's correct or not, but it's totally wrong statement, right? Because we've been through our humanity, our history has seen a couple of numerous global pandemics. If you think about it, this global pandemic called COVID has, we've seen that before. As of today, I checked right before I got here, the number of people who died due to COVID is conservatively 3.5 million people all around the world. 3.5 million people, death, death caused by COVID-19. In perspective, 
Let me share this. The most recent global pandemic called Spanish flu, which just happened about 100 years ago in 1920, caused 50 million deaths around the world. In the 15th century, there was a global pandemic often called the Black Death, and it reports to have killed about 200 million people. In the 6th century, there was another global pandemic called Justinian Plague, and this disease have, have killed about 25 million people. I know that we're still in the middle of COVID, but we are barely pushing 2% of deaths, deaths caused by Black Death just 600 years ago, 2%. I'm not minimizing um, the seriousness of this disease. I'm not underestimating the effect of this disease and the pains of the people who are affected by this disease. But we need to think in terms of where we are at in history, because our God is a history maker. He writes stories, and we need to put ourselves in the context of what God is doing over many, many years. Again, I'm not minimizing or underestimating the effect of deadly disease, and I do understand why people call it an unprecedented time, because we've never experienced it before in our lifetime, right? Have you? Right, I haven't, so I think I understand why we call it that. You probably have never experienced this before, too. You know, whenever there was a pandemic in history, theologians and church history, historians or leaders have always debated about this, whether it's a judgment of God or if God is just allowing it, allowing uh, human sins uh, to happen and have its, its results. And COVID-19 is no different. As soon as this broke out, mainly in America, it happened many months before in China, but in America, people started to talk about whether this is a judgment, direct judgment of God, or whether it's just God's allowing uh, people's sin to have its course. But I came here today not to debate about this, not to give my opinion about this, but to ask, actually ask you a question in light of this. The question is this, if it's an unprecedented time that we're going through. What new thing have you learned about God? What new thing have you learned about God? What new knowledge or a deeper knowledge about God did you gain from this experience called pandemic? Unprecedented time, something that we've never, never experienced before. If, if it is something you and I or anyone in this generation has ever seen or experienced before, don't you think that there is a will of God, a plan of God, a purpose of God in this? And that's what I want to ask you. Don't you think that there is something that God wants to teach us, teach you, about himself during this time. Now, there's a professor at uh, Fuller Seminary called, uh, his name is Robert Clinton, and he often, he's most famously known for writing about pers how personal stories connect to their personal callings in life, and how our personal stories and our stories are crafted so that it is a part of what God is 
writing, the, the story that God is writing. And he says that even the smallest events that you go through in our lives have direct correlation, has a direct influence on the specific calling God has given you. He's saying every single little thing in our life that we experience, and it's unique to us because you are unique, has a direct correlation, a relationship to this very specific mission God has given you in this world. Your story has very specific purpose to what God is writing. And I can give you many examples, biblical ones, right? If you think about Esther, how could she, how could she come boldly before the king, knowing that she would die, um, asking for favor and mercy for the people of her land, right? It's because she knows what it means to live without a country. Because she knows what it means to have lost her nation. People lose cars. People even lose homes. But have you ever imagined what it means to lose your nation? Can you imagine that? Our, gran our grandparents know because they have experienced it. Esther knew, knew that as well because she experienced it. If you think about Paul, Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the Bible, or two-thirds of the New Testament, and I think, how could he write such brilliant letters and, and stories, and how could he compose two-thirds of the New Testament? And I think back, it was because he's academically accomplished. And this academic accomplishment came way before he met Christ personally. Did you ever think about that? God is so sovereign. He's so sovereign that his sovereignty didn't begin as when, when Paul met Christ. It started way before that, through his academic journey, through his, his schooling, through his tutors and mentors and teachers. God is writing that story. So God's sovereignty in your life, God's way of crafting your story didn't start when you meet God. It started before eternity. Not at conception, before eternity. Should we look at some more uh, personal examples? You know, who can understand the, uh, the pains of immigrants better than the immigrants, right? Who can understand the pains of people who lost their child than someone who has lost their child. And just like this, your ministry, your calling, your mission in the world is carefully crafted into your own story. So we have to look. We have to look carefully to our story as we pray and think and ask and seek for God's calling in our lives. Then, don't you think that there is a very clear and direct will of God during an event that we call unprecedented. Nobody has experienced this before in our generation. If even a small thing, a very little thing, has a direct correlation, direct influence on God's calling of his people, then don't you think this global pandemic has something for you? But how many of us are asking that question? 
how many of us are asking God, God, what is it that you are trying to teach me during this time? What is it that you're trying to teach me during this time? And I'm telling you, God has something for you. Think back to 18 months of living in global pandemic. Can you name one thing that, that you learned something new about God or deeper about God? Or something about you in light of the new knowledge that you have about God? Right? I say this, and it's been on my heart for such a long time because whenever I see my friends, it seems like all they're thinking about is their career, which is fine. It's about stocks, <laughs> which is fine. I'm all about investment. I'm all about stewarding God's resources. That's fine. It's, it seems like it's all about the housing market, how you can capitalize on economy, which is fine. But I see even the, the, the friends that I grew up with, with church, and, and even the people that I know that they've given their lives in service of Him, seems like all we are talking about is how we can capitalize on this tragedy. Not what we think God is telling us or teaching us. So all of those are okay as long as the main focus and central thing that you're thinking about, meditating about, should be that God has a plan in this pandemic. He has a global plan. It's a generational plan. And he has a personal plan. But do you know what that is? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know? I think we are too focused on how we can make our lives better through this. I feel like we are, we've been just waiting so much about the dine-in restriction to be lifted, <laughs> to eat Korean barbecue, right? I think we, we wish and pray and hope that the quarantine restriction in Korea will be lifted so that we can go visit Korea. I'm one of those people waiting. <laughs> waiting for that two-week quarantine to be lifted. And I think as a church, we're the same. We've been talking about how can we go back? How can we go back? How can we go back? We've been talking a lot about, about online, offline ministry, whether online ministry is good or can we do it, things like that. And people, oh, we're talking about how can we go back to pre-COVID and we're talking about offline that we have to secure and, and protect the offline gatherings, which I'm all for it. I'm an online pastor myself. I've been doing this for four years. It is a passion of mine. I actually have a YouTube channel, not as many as you guys, but I do have a YouTube channel talking about online ministry. That is a main focus of my message. But something that I want to really say, even in my YouTube channel, is not whether to do online ministry or not, or practical applications of online ministry for the church. What I want to say is, what is God teaching you during this unprecedented time? I want that to be my message, and that's what I'm bringing you today. 
There's a pastor in New York. Um, it's actually a church called Church of the City. His name's John Tyson, and he said this. He says, in our quest for normalcy, in our quest for normalcy, we didn't learn any of the great lessons we needed to learn. This could have been an absolute spiritual revolution, and I think we missed it. 한국말로 하면 뉴욕에 계신 어떤 Church of the City라는 교회의 전 타이슨 목사님이 하신 말씀이 있습니다. 이렇게 말씀하셨어요. 우리가 아는 정상을 찾기 위해 그것에 온 집중을 하다 보니 영적 대부응이 올수 있는 시간을 놓친 것 같다. 우리는 더 중요한 레슨을 놓친 것 같다. 그리고 이것은 이 시대의 비극이다. Let me say that again. In our quest for normalcy, we didn't learn any of the great lessons we needed to learn. This could have been an absolute spiritual revolution and as a whole, I think we missed the lesson and this is a tragedy. This is the tragedy. At the start of pandemic, many of the pastors, we, there was a research done interviewing and getting thoughts and opinions from the pastor and many of the pastors thought this will be the breakthrough for spiritual faith communities all around the world almost all majority of pastors that's what they thought they did a same, they asked the same question a year later only quarter of the pastor even the faith leaders think that this will still have that effect what happened what happened? I think I, I agree wholeheartedly with Pastor John. I think this could have been an absolute spiritual revolution in our nation, in our generation, and in you, in myself. I think this could have been the, and I hate to say this in past tense, I think I still think this can be the breakthrough that you've been praying for for a long time. I really do. I really do. But I think it starts with asking this question. God, what are you teaching me during this time? He has a message for you. He has a message for you. God is talking to you. God is speaking to you. And it will be a tragedy if we go through these world-shattering moments, things that we will read about in history books, world-shaping moment, not knowing something new or something deeper about God, or not knowing something new or deeper about myself in light of the new and deeper knowledge of Him. Let me ask this question. If you, if you haven't, if you can't say that I've learned this about God, let me ask you a second question. Have you learned anything about yourself? Um, C.S. Lewis, uh, which I believe you should, you, you, we, we all know, um, he said this, God whis whispers to us in our pleasures, but shouts to us in our pain. Pain is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And I wonder, this is the deepest pain our world, our universe has ever seen. And according to C.S. Lewis, God is shouting. Then, are you hearing him? Are you listening to him? 하나님은 우리의 쾌락 속에서 속삭이시고 고통 속에서 소리친다고 하십니다. 고통은 귀막 귀먹은 세상을 불러 일으키는 하나님의 메가폰이라고 
말씀하셨는데 그렇다면 이 시대는 그 어떠한 시대보다 이 세계가 본 가장 크고 깊은 고통 중에 하나인데 그러면 하나님 여러분은 하나님의 음성이 들리시는지요? I read an article um, recently. It says that COVID, the first case of COVID was recorded November 17th, 2019. Then this marks year and seven months, right? Eight months. During that time, what have you learned about God? What new knowledge have you gained from Him? I know I'm repeating this message, but it's because I, I really believe it's something that we have to ask. We, we need to start replacing our questions about how we're going to capitalize this time to have a financial gain, to have a financial breakthrough, to capitalize on this time to, to get ahead of other people, to get a, ahead of your peers and friends. We need to s- replace our concerns and worries about what we should do, and how we should prepare, which is all good. I'm all for it. But with the question, what am I learning from God? What new thing am I learning from God? I just want to share one quick story of my personal story. Um, right about the time that God has put this message on my heart, um, I was meditating on the fruits of the Spirit, right? Fruits of the Spirit. And I, my, my parents, so I, I, I'm very local to you, um, probably not local to you, but local to Fullerton. And I grew up here. My parents own a small business here. So during COVID, I've been working from home and I've been working and helping my parents out with their small businesses. And I realized that I'm not as nice as I thought I was. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. So I've always, I think I've always wanted to be a nice guy, a nice person. You know, that's, I thought that was a pretty good goal to have, right? To be a nice guy, right? Growing up at church, I think I wanted to be the nice guy, and I, I see there's nothing wrong with it. But I remember, I, I realized when I was helping out in non-church settings and when I was serving our customers, that I got mad and furious about something, very specific thing. I, I, it, it pains me to the core of me. And it's these situations when I help them with, like sincerely, I help them a lot with, uh, I, I'm being nice to them, I'm educating them on products, and I, I give them my sincere opinion. I'm trying not to sell them, I'm trying to help them, their, help them to buy whatever they, they think they need. I'm not trying to force it, force the sales, and I do my best, and they say, "다시 올게요, right? I'll be back, right? I'll be back." Okay, I'm trusting. You know, I'm a nice guy, so I'm trusting. He will be back, and he does come back about three months later with the very thing that I told him to get, and I'm furious, right? And I didn't ask. I don't ask those questions, but I know they didn't get it from me. So I realize I get, I am nice until my niceness is abused, right? I'm nice until my niceness is uh, 
abused and misused, when they take advantage of my service and then they go elsewhere for cheaper price, which I totally get, but it's still not so nice that they do that, right? But that, it infuriated me. I, 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 I'm a, generally a calm person, but I, when I realize that, I become furious, like angry. And I realized, because it was about this time I was meditating in the, in the, fruits, of the God, uh, fruits of the Spirit, and I realized there was a, a gift, a fruit of the Spirit called kindness. And I realized there is no fruit called niceness. Right? And I remember in my, you have to think personally in my meditation, and God was giving this message for me to, just, just to meditate on, and there's this tension, and God is saying, what you've been trying to pursue all your life is not what I have for you. It's not niceness that I called you to, it's kindness. And I'm, I'm asking a question to God and saying, God, what is the difference between nice, being nice and kind, Right? And I realize it's actually the very thing that gets me infuriated. It's that when you are kind to someone, you can overcome that even if your kindness is abused by that other person. You can still stay calm and serve that person even when you know that your kindness is abused. You are just happy for that customer just from the fact that they they got what they needed for a cheaper price. And I felt like God is challenging me, can you be okay with that? Because that's the type of kindness that I'm calling you to. And I know that it's a very silly example. It's, I know that it's a very small thing, but it was groundbreaking news for me. It was a knowledge of God that I have never, never imagined that I would learn. Ever since then, my prayer has been this, God, I don't want to be nice. I don't want to be just nice, but I want to be kind. And it set me on a trajectory to pursue kindness in everything that I do. And let me tell you, it lifted me of the pressure when I'm serving the customers. And it, it put me in such a different place as someone working at a small retail store when I'm treating, when I'm welcoming a cu customer. That is when I realize what God is teaching me has a very practical implication in exactly what I'm doing in my career or in that store. So during COVID, I learned that I have to be kind. I know that's not a big thing, but it's a big thing for me. Ever since then, I have a goal now. I want to be known as a kind person. Someone who serves, and even when that service is misused and abused, I'm okay with it as long as I've given my all to that person. And it, comes, it works the same way with the church. With people who I serve, 
in my church. Often I get misunderstood. Often I get criticized. But it's okay if I am kind to them. And I think I wouldn't have learned it if it wasn't for this time. If it wasn't for this time, I probably would not work at my parents' store. I would be working at church, doing my church things, which is fine. But I wouldn't have, I probably would have tried to live my life as a nice guy. And I realized Jesus wasn't always nice, but he was always kind. He wasn't always nice. He threw tables all over the temple. He wasn't always nice, but he was always kind. And I want to live my life after him. People say that this time, this generation, COVID-19 is something that our kids, our children, your children, your children will learn through a textbook. It will be a line in a history class. There was a global pandemic in 2020, March of 2020 to whatever. And I'm thinking, what if your children, your son and daughter, come to you and ask, Mom, how was it? Dad, how was it? Mom, how was it? Dad, how was it? If they come and ask, and all you can say to your children is, hmm, I wore my mask and I was fine. You know, 엄마, 아빠는 마스크 잘하고 다녀서 감염 안 되고 괜찮았어. 그냥 그렇게 지나갔어. What if all that we can say is, 아, 엄마, 아빠는 끝날 때까지 기다리다가 끝나고 나서 여행하고 다니느라 잘 생각이 안 나. But what if we can say this? During this time, Amma and Appa learned this about God. What if we can say to our children, I learned that I have to be kind in this world. <laughs> I'm hoping and pray that my children will one day ask me that just for this. People might say, isn't that, isn't that too idealistic? But I, I think, shouldn't our faith be idealistic? Shouldn't our view of God be like this? Right? In this light, I want you to, I want us to read that verse together. The very verse that we we, we read in the beginning of the message. It goes like this. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge Him. 그러므로 우리가 여호와를 알자. 힘써 여호와를 알자. Let us know God. Let us know something new or deeper about God. Let us know Him. Let us know something new and deeper about God. Because it will be a tragedy if we go through this world-shattering moment. Things that will be written in history books not knowing something new or deeper about God or not knowing something new or deeper about you in light of what you learn about God. The, the word acknowledge or the word often translated know, it's a he- Hebrew word um, yada and this is a personal, personal knowing. 
probably might have heard it before, but yada is a very intimate knowledge. So when Hosea is speaking, pleading to let us know, he's not talking about just the general information about God. It's about personal connection with him. It's about personal intimacy with him. And I, I look back, bring this story back to our personal lives. You know, when I know my best friends, I know them, right? And what does that mean, that I know them? I know that in certain situations, this person will act this way, right? That's what we can say that we know them. In this situation, I, I have a friend who is so, so always in a hurry, that he always walks so fast. Like, in, when, he's, when he drives, he's always one of those people that changes lanes. I know about that, them. I'm, I know about him about that. So when we yada God in a way that Hosea is telling us to yada him, we have to know how God acts during times like this. So we have to think when a global pandemic hits, when a national crisis hits, we have to automatically think God is doing something here. That's the way we know him. Because it takes more faith for us to believe that God is leading his people through a pandemic without a purpose. Because God is a purposeful God. So let me ask you that question again. What have you learned? Or what are you learning about God? If you look at the context of this verse, it was when it was 200 years after Israel has been divided into northern Israel and southern Judah. Judah, Kind of like our own country, right? Like North Korea, South Korea. 200 years. Northern Israel was going through a kingship that has been unprecedented. How evil that king, king was, it was unprecedented. And they were being attacked by the, the strongest nation known to men called Assyria. And it is in that context, Hosea says, let us know God. Let us acknowledge him. Let us press on to acknowledge him. And I thought, oh, this is such a message for us. I hope you're not hearing Kevin, but I hope you're hearing God telling you, I am speaking to you. I want you to know me. I want you to know me. I want you to know me.